Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Spark of Rebellion. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars podcast where we bring you your weekly dose of Star Wars news. This week... We're talking about the secret Star Wars attraction that you can find in a Welsh dockyard. We're talking about the one, the one TV show that can replace the entire prequel trilogy, lol. We're also talking about some new toys and Ewan Bloody McGregor. What is not to love on this episode? I'm sure you'll enjoy it, I'm sure you'll have fun, and I'm sure you'll enjoy our high-quality banter. But before I bring on my effervescent co-host before i bring on all of the stories and we dive deep into them i'm just going to give a shout out to some of our patrons some of our supporters danny and derek and denise and pascal and kevin everyone that supports us here at spark of rebellion if you want to get involved if you want to join the fan zone if you want to join the rebellion or become a bit of a villain in your own galaxy you can do so at sparkofrebellion.com slash support that's sparkofrebellion.com slash support and without further ado let me bring on my co-host the man who puts the blaster into is that a blaster in your pocket it is of course mr gary Aylett. welcome my friend you're right thanks for covering last week i uh, i owe you a debt of gratitude because i was tonsillitis bound it was a total pain in the neck literally yeah no i was on last week dude it's, i know it's like i was ill over over christmas and new year it's not fun man Especially in our job, you know, we do a lot of talking, a lot of meetings, a lot of presentations, a lot of podcast recording. It just uh, takes its toll a little bit. So yeah, I wouldn't want to record any podcasts either with the old tonsillitis, mate. So uh, yeah, welcome, welcome. Episode 207. Got some cool news stories to go through, as Mark said on this week. Uh, have you done anything Star Warsy? Anything? Uh, got your lightsaber out this week? Done anything? Yeah, no lightsaber out. Didn't have the energy with the old tonsillitis. Um, I'm probably 85% through the last uh, Darth Bane trilogy book, which I'm fascinated by. And um, I'm interested as well by this. So you put that Utini list out on our Sparker Rebellion Twitter uh, and our, on our Instagram. So I had a quick gander at it, at the timeline of some of the legend stuff. And this book is literally the last thing before the prequels in canon and in legends you know there's a couple of little bits but that are really like buttered up to canon you know um if, if we go like in legends in particular there's a couple of little things that are like five years before like darth plagueis and all that sort of stuff um but man this is like you know when yoda's like not seen a sith for a thousand years like this is the book so I'm fascinated mm. by it. It's really quite interesting. I noticed you picked them up as well. You Have you started them? Have you started the uh, Path of Destruction yet? I haven't yet. No, it's on my... Uh, I'm just about to finish up a couple of other books. I'm on like, the last two or three chapters of some other books, which are going to be done by the weekend. So next week, by the time we record next week, I would have started that first book. So I'm looking forward to it. I blame you, of course, for having to get them. Obviously. I was like, yeah, I'll pick them up at some point. I don't know if I see them out somewhere, I'll get them. There's a little voice in my head. It's Mark's voice. He's like, Gas, come on. Come on, Gas. Get them. You're slacking here, dude. Get them. Get them. Get them. Yeah. A whiskey get and a half later. You know, not surprised. Ordered those. 
Boom. They're quite cheap yeah. as well, to be fair, on Amazon, because they're, the, they're the reissues with the new Legends covers. Um, so they're, they're, they're readily available and they're not expensive. And it's um, the really interesting books, man. I'd be keen to see what you think. It was like the first one and the third one have been really strong. The second one's got an absolutely brilliant story. But like I said before, the first half of the writing feels a bit off. But yet it's still a great book. It's like a, it's really weird, really weird. But the story is really quite fascinating. So I'm, yeah, I'm um, interested to see what you think of that. And we'll obviously we'll dive into that when you've got into it. But without further ado, let us get into some news. Now, back in the day, back in the day, um, after the original Star Wars movie, A New Hope, uh, as it was just back then, Star Wars obviously was, was filmed and it came out and it was a bit of a success. Uh, Lucas himself went down to Pembroke Dock down in that there, Wales, and he built, he built the Millennium Falcon there. So this is really quite interesting. It's a, it's a, a story that we'll put in the show notes. It's from the Sun in the UK, which I wouldn't ordinarily report on. <laughs> but it's quite interesting because this story goes into the fact that, you know, they then transported uh, this Millennium Falcon model, you know, this, this big sort of, you know, prop down to Elstree Studios, which is quite a trek from Wales, from Pembroke, Pembroke Dock. And um, it's not something that I'd really seen much about before. I wasn't really that aware of it. So what's happened is Pembroke Dock have put together this exhibition. They've put together this sort of historical, um, you know, you get these museum documentary experiences, you know the drill, we've all been to them, interactive and whatnot. Um, they've put one of these together that talks about this entire experience at Pembroke Dock for Empire Strikes Back. And it just looks really quite interesting, man. A lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, and it was this was a full scale model of the Millennium Falcon that, that was down there. Um, so it's, it's really quite fascinating, really quite fascinating. Now you can go visit this. You can just go down there. Um, it's down in West Wales. It's, it, it is literally just open to anyone. You can go down. They don't sadly have the actual Millennium Falcon that they built and that they took down there to Elstree as a prop. They didn't get that back. They couldn't put that in the exhibition, but everything else is there. A lot of first-hand accounts, a lot of video, a lot of audio, a lot of photographs. Could be quite interesting. One of those things where you probably won't make a bit of a pilgrimage for it. But if you're in the area, you'd probably make a 20-minute detour. So, uh, yeah, quite interesting, dude. Not something that comes up very often, this sort of thing. Yeah, it's uh, certainly a unique uh, thing to go and see, isn't it? And it's definitely one of those things that if you're in the area, if you're holidaying over in West Wales, if you're up at Anglesey or you, you're over that way, then definitely take the trek down there. But <clears throat> it's very, very West Wales. So those of you not in the UK, if you remember seeing... a a map of the UK, it's like you can't get any further west, basically, before you're in the water. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a drive if you're wherever you are in the UK. But it does look very cool, and I love this. Uh, I, I also love the kind of community uh, aspect of this as well. In the article, it was saying that back in the day when they were making this massive prop, that uh, the reason why they chose this particular location is because it was supposedly a really cool secretive location like mm -hmm. they could put all the materials in there do all that stuff nobody would be any wiser but it ended up being labeled as the worst best secret um of the area so pretty much everyone in the town knew that they were making this big prop everyone thought they were building just a ufo for a science fiction film it obviously mm. you know a little bit more than that but uh, so i love that stuff and i hope that when you go and see this 
it's got all of that stuff in there like you said there's loads of historical stuff there and photos and everything so it sounds awesome it sounds i don't think it's the sort of thing like you said that you would make a, a special trip to go and, and see it but yeah certainly if you're in wales then i'd say it's worth the drive yeah it looks really cool this yeah it does it does man it is quite fascinating that always happens as well like doesn't matter what you're doing you know what i mean like you're building something calling it something keeping it a secret everyone bloody knows it ends up getting out doesn't it it's inevitable. It is inevitable. It's like when uh, Cleveland's was the location for Andor. Everyone's like, what are they filming? Don't know, some sci-fi. Clearly, everyone fucking knows it's Andor. Um, so it's, it, I always love stuff like that. It's amazing. The filmmakers and everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll call it a special name and this, that and the other. And everyone knows, man. It's always a laugh. It always gets out. Now, mm -hmm. you know us. We like a hyperbolic headline. We're not going to call them clickbaity, but what we are going to say is that they bit the clicks. Our good friends over at the one and the only Screen Rant, who do do actually really quite interesting stories from time to time, uh, yesterday published an article by Corey Larson, um, and it's... <laughs> the story is actually all right. It's not a story, it's like an opinion piece, but... The headlines, the headline is classic. Like, I search for Star Wars on Google. It wants me to click. All right? So I'll read you the headline, and then we'll talk about the story, right? One upcoming Star Wars show is the perfect prequel trilogy replacement. Like, tapping into that whole, we should replace the prequels because they weren't very good. We should replace the sequels because they weren't very... Tapping into all that kind of BS out there, right? But the story is actually decent, right? So this story by Corey goes on to basically, or this opinion piece, should I say, basically goes on to say, look, the prequels were solid, they were good, they told that story of Vader, but they weren't fleshed out that much. We had a lot of unanswered questions, certainly things like, why did Anakin fall so hard between two movies? What's gone on there? And we got the Clone Wars to flesh that out, of course. Um, but we got a lot, of, a lot of other characters, Qui-Gon, we, as we talked about with Darth Bane earlier, we got the, why have we not seen a Sith for a thousand years? Loads of that sort of stuff. All this article, this opinion piece is saying that the Acolyte is set in a time period that could dive into that sort of stuff. And they've used an image of Darth Plagueis. Of course they've used an image of Darth Plagueis because it's a given um, that that is going to be associated with the Acolyte because it feels like it's a similar time frame because it runs up to the prequel trilogy sort of era. We know it's set in the, the, the last days of the High Republic before we see the start of the downfall of the Jedi. Um, so yeah, there's nothing wrong with the opinion piece. I get it. It's sort of a, you know, it would be cool to see more. But I don't get why people use these titles. You know, why bother? Why do you have to replace the prequel trilogy? Why do you have to go down that route just to get clicks? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so yeah interesting one mate I, I mean there's two sides to that there's the opinion piece itself and there's the, why the hell did you use that article apart from just to get clicks you know why do you get why do you use that header it's weird isn't it yeah it's always uh it, it's always a weird one with these bloody blogs mate bloody youtube videos it's like you can tell from the title before you've even gone into the art you can tell from the title it's going to be a banger of just a, a dumpster fire and like you said if it's an opinion piece on like okay Here's why I think this show would be the the perfect companion to the prequel movies. That's fine, you know, or if, like this upcoming show is going to be the perfect um, primer 
for those of you who have not seen the prequels yet, it will lead nicely into, you know, those kind of things. That's uh, that's the kind of title that's helpful, you know, it, it is not hyperbolic in any way. But it's just these bloody titles. Like you said, why would you, in the first place, why would you need to replace anything to do with the prequels? It's not like we're going down this road again. It's like you just prequel bashing for the sake of it because you know that there's probably a subset of fans out there that don't like the prequels. So you lean into that a little bit. It's ridiculous. But the thing that got my back up about this article, dude, and it takes a lot to... I'm not easily um, pissed off by things, obviously. I have a chuckle at certain things that are just ridiculous. But there's a bit further down where it says... The Acolyte is telling the story Lucas chose not to. And that's a good thing. It's like, what are you talking about? He chose not to. It's like he had two options on the table. Make the prequels or make the stuff before the prequels. And he's like, I chose not to make those. It wasn't even... It's not even on the cards to go into that stuff at the time. It's not like he was, you know, spinning plates with all these ideas which I'm sure he was in terms of story, but in terms of actually making the prequels, it's not like, oh, I'm making a hard decision here. I'm absolutely not going to tell any story leading up to the prequels. And then they go on to say, uh, Lucas deliberately chose to leave out the events leading up to the Phantom Menace. It's like, come on, man. You could say that about any film, right? Like Richard Donner deliberately chose not to tell the story of, you know, Clark, uh, Superman's parents on on Krypton. It's like, no, he didn't. He didn't choose not to make it. It was just never a thing that he was ever going to make. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's, it's that kind of thing that I just think, come on. If, if you're going to make a clickbaity article, then, you know, you and I have said it a thousand times. We get how that works. You know, that's just the way of the world in terms of YouTube and blogs and stuff like that, you know. But don't then go on to say, Lucas chose not to do this and that. You don't know anything about that, clearly, to make that statement. So, yeah. Yeah. A part of me thinks, you know what, I'm just done with all this stuff. And I did, I've did. i done this with YouTube recently, mate. I went through last month and just culled so many YouTube channels that I've subscribed to just because they were putting out so much shit. Mm. And... Uh, uh, I just could be doing with it. And I'm thinking the same with these blogs. The only reason why I'm not going to do it is just because you and I have a laugh uh, unpicking it, you know, on the show. But in terms of seriously reading these things, man, it's a bit of nonsense. I don't know how you feel about these, if you just take them with a pinch of salt, but it's just annoying. Oh, yeah. Some of it is annoying. Always just with a pinch of salt, because it's... it's um, They're there to get clicks, I get it. Someone's got to write Star Wars stories and sometimes there aren't Star Wars stories to write about. There's no news and whatever else. I get it. That's the way way articles and blogs work. I get it. Um, And they do sometimes spur on different ideas as well. So this one goes on about, um, you know, how the Sith hid. It's set in the High Republic era. I I think it's probably going to be set between two different time frames, me. Um, but what's interesting with this one, it sort of ties into this Darth Bane stuff because it's like how the Sith hid from the Jedi. Well, that's what Darth Bane sets up. It's like, we'll do the ruler too. Um, and it, so it's sort of a... It's interesting, like, how are they going to tell that? Are they going to re- try and retell that? Are we going to see some sort of Bane heritage or whatever? Um, just how are they going to handle that, I think is quite interesting. So it, these things do stimulate thoughts and... 
considerations. It's just there's that much of it. There's just that much of it out there, which is a little bit mental. You know, there's just <laughs> a lot of this sort of stuff out there. So, yeah, who knows? But I am looking forward to the Acolyte nonetheless. I just think these stories, like you, you know, we sort of got to read them because we have a bit of banter, like you said. Um, Agreed. Yep. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Right, let's switch gears to some toys. Um, so Hasbro, you know, they, they, they do a thousand different types of toy. They do the six-inch figures. They do the 3.5-inch figures. Um, they've released a new range of what they call an Epic Hero series, which have got these really quite nice um, packaging situation. Th these kind of pill cars, these pill boxes. Um, nice illustrations on them. These, uh, they're sort of a bit weird, really, because they're the four-inch, they're four-inch scale. So they're a bit bigger than the 3.5s. They're not the six-inch. And the moulds look a, like a little bit better than the 3.5, but not as big as the six-inch ones and not as good. So we've got Vader, <laughs> we've got Luke Skywalker, we've got Grogu, Mandalorian, we've got a Stormtrooper, we've got a Soaker. I sort of don't know where these fit in, dude. When you've got all the Black Series stuff and 3.5-inch and 6-inch and then you go up to the big deal stuff, I just... I just can't help but feel like these are a little bit of a cash-in. You think so? Yeah. I just don't get where they fit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at them now as we're, um, as we're talking about. I mean, it's... Uh, I'm, I'm guessing part of it is to target... Because the, the Black Series and the, and the Vintage line have been going for so long, and there's thousands of figures now across both lines combined... I think that's close to a thousand anyway, something like that. I think um, for a newbie that wants to get into collecting Star Wars figures, that's really intimidating, right? That's like, shit, where do I start with that? How am I ever going to catch up and get all of those figures and, and that stuff? So I think this is maybe a, a, an attempt to just get a bunch of new collectors on board as early adopters and be like, right, okay, I, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to catch up and and purchase every single vintage line figure. I'm just not, haven't got the time or the money to do that or the black series. This is an opportunity to get in at the beginning and start to collect them from the, from the, so I've got basically a shot at trying to collect a, a decent amount of them without having to pay. Cause the other thing to remember is that some of those figures on the, on both of those current lines, if you miss the, the retail launch and the retail price, you can get them on eBay, but they typically go for so much more money after that. Um, cause people just whack the price up on eBay. So, um, I think a part of this dude is just to get new collectors in early who have missed the boat on those other two lines, perhaps, um, where you stand on these as a current collector, we haven't got loads, admittedly, we've only got about a dozen of each of those, but they, yeah, I'm like you, I'm struggling to feel where they fit in between the two. I don't know if any other toy line, any other franchise that has this size, this weird four-inch light. Like, I don't know any DC stuff or Marvel. Was there a Turtles? There might have been a Necker. No. No, I think that was six inches as well. So, yeah, I don't know any other line, dude, of this particular size. So it would have cost a, a bit of money, definitely, to... Because another thing that a lot of um, a lot of toy manufacturers do 
is they'll reuse the same um, plastic molds and everything for a lot of figures, but then just dress them up differently and so on. But with these, obviously, a, a unique size. You're going to have to, you know, do all these from scratch. So, yeah, it would have been expensive to do. Um, but I do like the packaging, though. The packaging yeah. does look quite nice. The packaging is sound, man. It's, it's a point that I'd never considered that as a way of onboarding. It's like when comics reset from number one, which is way more often now than it used to be. It's like every two years. Um, I never mm. considered that, actually. That is a fair, very fair point, dude. So maybe that, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a really good shout. Um, yeah. And as, a, as, a, as an existing, I wouldn't say I was a collector, but I've got a few of each dotted around. Um, I'm probably not going to touch these because the moulds are probably not going to be that much better, certainly worse than the, the, the six inch. Um, but yeah, all right, I get that point. I think that's a really good shout, dude. Yeah, if you're a new collector, this is probably a good jumping on point and you can stay on top of it. So yeah, never considered that. I, mean, I think that's a, a really sound shout. Um, bigger, 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 $290. <laughs> worth of bigger we've got a new hot toys now these have been on a bit of a tear recently we've had thrawn we've had some um stormtroopers we've had a Sokatano, we've had harrison duller real high caliber hot toys stuff and they've put out um a han solo general han solo as seen in Return of the Jedi. So this version is really quite nice. The face mold is, again, absolutely stunning. It's beautiful. It comes with some blasters. Uh, very, very poseable. Comes with a nice little um, base for you to stand it on. It it, this is a really nice figure. $290 worth, it's got to be. These have really stepped up a gear recently. Really, really stepped up a gear. Now... I, I like this. I'll stick a, a link in the show notes. We'll put a link in there. Uh, you get a change of clothes. You get the endo um, camouflage jacket, the long coat, you the, the big trench coat. You get, the obviously, the vest, the, the waistcoat-esque sort of thing. Um, it's a really nice-looking figure, except, for me, one thing that they went a bit too far on that throws the entire thing off. They got his hair wrong. <laughs> He's got too got much hair. hair wrong. Right, and it's just it overpowers it just overpowers the entire figure for me. So this is for me. I won't get it because of that because it would overpower it. Just a bit thinner on the hair. I think it would have been absolutely nailed on perfect. That's the only little thing that I'm not keen on. What about you? Hmm. Yeah. So I agree about the hair. <clears throat> um. What? Well, yeah. Before I get on to the reason why I won't buy it, I do think it is a cracking figure. Like you said, you get all the accessories and stuff and. The Return of the Jedi, a um, uh, little stand for it in the and the coat and everything looks really cool, very very cool. But for me, dude, it goes. You know, you mentioned those other figures that we've had recently, so Thrawn and um, uh, and a couple of other ones. To me, I felt like they had upped and almost perfect, perfected the face sculpts. Now with this one, don't get me wrong, you can tell a mile off it's Harrison Ford, of course, but there's something about the face that's not true and, and i can't put my finger on it it's one of those things where with thrawn and i think it was um hera those figures especially you could look at the face like they took a bunch of different marketing photos and whatever angle it just looked really good with this figure it only looks bang on harrison ford from one angle for me and that is um, just ever so slightly off centre. When you look at it at any other angle, there's something about it, dude. 
and I can't put my finger on it. I don't know if it's the, the I don't know, the, the, the nose, the eyes. It's probably the eyes. I don't know. But um, yeah, there's something about it that's off. And, and, it, and it's, it's almost like it's regressed to some of the old Hot Toys figures from back in the day where you'd look at it uh, on one particular still, one marketing photo, and you think, Christ, that's like, that's surely that's a photograph of the actor. That can't be a figure. But then you see some other photos and you're like, oh, okay, it's fallen down a little bit. You can see. You can see why. So yeah, it's a great figure, dude, but I won't order it for that. And yeah, you're right. The hair's a little bit too... Yeah, feathered, quaffed, lethal. That's not Han Solo, is it? No, no. it's just a bit much. The hair's just a bit much. But yeah, I know what you're saying about the face. Mm-hmm. It's the... Um, I think there's little doubt these have definitely jumped up a gear. They've jumped up a gear. But yeah, now, but now you've pointed it out, it is the weakest out of the lot of them. And this is... It's still like... 90% better than any of the others that we've seen. It's just not to the level of what we've seen with um, Thrawn in particular and Hera in particular. I liked the Rosario Dawson Ahsoka one, apart from that weird Grimace one that they did. That was that was just oh, yeah. weird. Weren't mm. it just odd, that one? Um, so yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get this one for that. I'm hoping they do a badass Luke. They're going to do a Luke soon, aren't they? They've got to do. So oh, yeah. that'll be interesting. That'll mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to do it. Got to do it. Speaking of Luke, Luke's delivery driver, one Obi, one Kenobi. We've got a little bit of news from the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ewan McGregor uh, himself. He was speaking to Variety this week um, just about Obi, one Kenobi season two. And he also mentioned, uh, went, went back in time a little bit and just mentioned what it was like playing Obi, one um, in, the, in the prequel days. So he, he's he's gone along and he said, look, I really loved doing Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. Really would love to do a, a second one, but there's no talk of it yet. There's a lot going on at Disney, to quote Mr. Ewan McGregor, which is a bit of a shame, but hardly a surprise. I think Obi-Wan Kenobi season two is a bit, it would be a bit, I don't know, it, it, it could go one way or the other because there's no way that you can put Vader in it in terms of interacting with Obi-Wan. He, he might be in it. But he couldn't interact with Obi-Wan in any satisfying way that would leave it then like it left it last time. You know, I think we got that out of the way. So I'm not sure what they'd do without it just being gratuitous. So I'm sort of all right if they don't do a season two. Um, I would like to see him appear in some things, but maybe just not a season two of this. But he goes on to talk about um, back in the 90s when he got cast, he saw himself very much as, as Renton, the character uh, from train spotting, did he, he saw himself as to, to, to paraphrase a bit of a Danny Boyle type actor, and then went on to get Star Wars, the big gig in Star Wars. But then everyone hated them, and they had two more films to do. So one of the, the quotes in there is really cool. He just said, "You know, everyone hated it. We had two more to do." And uh, just a nice little tidbit that you don't necessarily get that often. It was just quite interesting to look into the um, the mindset. You know, with the with with the benefit of hindsight. You know, there's no rose tinting on it from Ewan McGregor. It's very much a, you know, people hated the first one and we had two more left to do. And I didn't sort of didn't feel like I was going to take it in the first place or get it in the first place because I was very much this train spotting-esque, down and dirty, indie, Danny Boyle style actor. Um, so nothing groundbreaking there, nothing earth shattering, dude. It's just um, just nice to hear from, from Ewan McGregor regarding Obi-Wan, the character in the series, really. Yeah, it's always nice, isn't it, to hear um, to hear uh, stars from um, 
cool stuff, talk about it, and just reference some of the things that they don't normally talk about. <clears throat> because uh, although Star Wars actors do get asked a lot about Star Wars stuff, even years after they've been in it, they tend to sort of, you know, shift a little bit in their seat and get a little bit like, oh, here we go. So it's nice that he's open to um to talking about that stuff. Um, uh, two takeaways for me on this one, dude. Um, he says that he would love to do a season two of Kenobi, of course. Not, not for the money. It's absolutely not not for that at all. But he says that there's been no word of it from, from Lucasfilm because there's lots going on. Not true. I don't think that's true at all because like we've been talking about pretty much every week now for about a year, all we have this year <laughs> is an animated show and two TV shows. Because they can tell us as much as they like that they've got this film going on, that film, that film, that trilogy. You never see anything. You know, the, the most that these things are probably in is like pre-production somewhere. I think the only film that's ready to that's going to be ready to go in terms of production anytime soon is the Ray new Jedi order thing. Other than that, and or two's just wrapped. We know that. Um, so that's it. So I don't think it's a case of the, the schedules, you know, blocked out and fully chock a block. I don't know about that. Um, but then the other thing is, uh, when, um, when he was saying that, um, uh, when, when he was in the Phantom Menace and it got panned and stuff and they had to do another two. That must be a... That must be a real shit of having to, to do that, you know, because I I remember, you probably remember this more as you came into Star Wars, I think, as a result of the prequels rather than the, the original trilogy. But do you remember the hype and everything that was surrounding the Phantom Menace? You know, when it was first announced, when Lucas was like, yep, finally going to do it, I'm going to make the prequels. And then it was a good, a good three or four, maybe even five years worth of build up. And it was mad. Just the whole world went just nuts for it. And then it came out and everyone was like, hmm, didn't like that. <laughs> it's pretty shit. Uh, yeah, that was, that was what, like yeah. The, sorry to interrupt, the marketing was insane for it as well. Like you had the Anakin and the Vader posters, like they really went balls deep on it. It like, it, it looked epic. You're like, holy shit, that's Obi-Wan. Holy shit, yeah. that's definitely Darth Vader. It, as a boy, look at these new ships. Look at the new lightsabers. What is that person? What who, who's that red-faced monster? It looked bad, and you knew it was the Emperor. We all knew it was the Emperor. They mm -hmm. didn't even bother trying to keep it a secret. So it was like the hype was real, <laughs> and then it was it like, was, man, yeah, yeah, it, it was. It, it was, was huge. It was absolutely nuts. So to get through all that, and those they probably thought, I, I don't know what the adjective to use here. It's certainly not um, big-headedness or or anything like that. But they probably thought, we're just before the film's even released, we're on to a winner because it's a Star Wars film. And because there's been such a massive gap between Return of the Jedi and this film, the fans are just going to go nuts, whatever's in it. <laughs> so they probably thought this is, you know, a massive success. To then have it be critically panned and, <laughs> and a lot of fans be like... Oh, what have they done to then have to to know that then you've got another two to make must just be you you've got to have a strong head on your shoulders for that right for everyone concerned so i completely see what he's saying with that that's just crazy to think about because whenever you see uh 
behind the scenes and documentary stuff, you never really see the bad style. You don't see like all the all the mental breakdowns from actors, and you never see all of the um, all of the shit that goes down, all the problems, all the all the rubbish and the hard stuff that goes into making a film. You never really see that in the documentaries. You only see the happy smiley. Yeah, I'm in a Star Wars film. It's amazing, you know. So yeah, it's it it it's cool that he's open about that. And I'd imagine at some point we'll there'll be a, a Hayden Christensen interview as well, where he alludes to a similar thing. But uh, would you like to see, do you know what with the season two of Kenobi, dude? Just lean into the book. I know it's a Legends book now, but just lean into that John. Is it John Jackson Miller mm-hmm. the Kenobi book? Just lean into that. Now that you've got the whole Vader conflict thing out the way and he's off doing his meditation, that's exactly where the book starts, where he's just meditating, trying to commune with Obi- uh, with Qui-Gon. So they've already got that bit done, really. He's speaking to Qui-Gon now. So just lean into that thing and the more, you know, the lore around Tatooine and the Sand People and that potential love interest with that, you know, the woman who runs the uh, the outpost and stuff like that. There's your there's your second season, man. You don't have to reinvent like another Sith bloody character. You don't have to reinvent all of that stuff. Well, there's a lot out Just there new, as well that could yeah. be done. There's there's opportunity for flashbacks. You know, the, he's getting a new love interest, like you said, the woman in the bar. Um, there's an opportunity to flashback to where it all went tits up with Satine. You know, there's opportunities for that sort mm. of stuff. There's opportunities to show Maul still hunting him down. Um, I know we've got a bit of Rebels there, but, you know, th- there's opportunity just to set Rebels up a little bit and almost prequel Rebels on the Maul side just a touch um, if they really wanted to go down that route. But, yeah, I think the challenge with that is that Star Wars fans are just, you know, they're divisive asses. We say it every week, but, <laughs> you know, too much Tatooine. Why do we need this story? Oh, they've copied from Legends, but they've not done it exactly the same, so it's shit, I fucking hate Star Wars. And it's, so you get all the the total idiocy that goes with it. Um, and I just, it's like, what's the what's the point? What's the return? You know what I mean? It's, it's can, you, can you make as much with season two as you could with season one? Because you, can you bring Hayden back? Yeah, but is it forced? Maybe. You know, I just don't know if it would be yeah. worth it, you know? Even though that's an amazing story, is it... Do you run the risk of just like another book of Boba Fett where it's like, oh, there's not a ton happening here? Yeah, I think, the, yeah. The pull would have to be the character progression for Obi-Wan, right? I think that would have to be your main draw. Is like Because the let's be honest, the main pull for season one was Hayden back as Vader. Mm-hmm. That was one of the main things that, of course, you wanted to see Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan. You know, that's a given. But the main thing was like, shit, we're going to see Hayden as Vader and all that stuff. So in season two, what's your, you know, of course your main draw has to be the character progression for Obi-Wan, but what's the other thing that is going to be your your selling point, I suppose? Yeah, you're right. And also, you'd have fans as well. If they if they did try to do something completely new and all that, you'd have a lot of fans saying, oh, it doesn't feel like Star Wars. You know, why can't they just have it set on Tatooine that we all know and love and do all that stuff, you know? So, yeah, I get what you mean with that. You're never going to please everyone, are you? Bloody Star Wars fans, man. It's a minefield. It really is. And it's, it, you just, you will never, you will never please them. And it's, it's funny because 
you want character development, but Star Wars fans complain about that. Oh, Andor's too slow. Obi-Wan's too slow. And then they don't get character development. Oh, Razor Mary Sue. So was Luke. The fucker turned up and shot through. Like, don't give me that womp rap <laughs> shit. Like, the womp rap shit's bullshit. Like, bullshit. <laughs> he used the force like 15 minutes after his karate teacher died. Like, just calm down. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah. You can never win. It's like, we want character development, but we complain when it's too slow. And then you give us, you know, here's a new character. Boom, they're a Jedi. Oh, fucking, where's the character development, you Mary Sue? Star Wars fans are shocking. 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 Shock. All fans are. We've said it before. All fandom is shocking. Um, and it's always pissed off all white men, isn't it? Let's be honest. Pissed off all white men. Um, so, yeah. It's wild, man. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if we'll see an Obi Wan Kenobi season two. We we shall. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think either. we will. We shall yeah. see, but I don't think we will. Uh, it's a bit of a short one this week, you beautiful listener out there. We are going to stick a pin in it there for episode two oh seven. Thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure. Thank you to our supporters, as always. Denise, Pascal, to Danny and to Kevin, to Derek, and to everyone else that supports us over at sparkofrebellion.com slash support. Let us know over on Twitter, sparkofrebellion.com slash Twitter, what you think about all of our stories today. The toy stories, the Millennium Falcon secret hideout in Pembroke Docks, and everything else that we've spoken about today. Do let us know. And we'll be back next week with another roundup of all of your Star Wars news. So I've been Mike. It's been a pleasure as always. Gazla, I'll see you next week. It's been a pleasure, dude, as always. That was 207. Thank you very much for listening once again. We'll be back next week for another episode of all the Star Wars goodness. Until then, make sure you are following and subscribing, whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on. If this is your first episode listening to Spark Rebellion, then welcome but just make sure you follow and subscribe because we put a new episode out every single Saturday so that you won't miss all of the Star Wars goodness. Until next week, take care of yourself and may the Force be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>